0: My name's Joanne Averson, and you are so welcome to series three of my podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I was thinking about what to talk to you about today, and I found myself wanting to share something, something very, very, very small in the sense that it took up a tiny, tiny part of my day a kind of an in-between thing that you might not even remember if it happened to you or you might, you know, it might be something so in a moment that you overlook it and you'll see what I mean. I love learning, teaching, discovering about the fascia because for me It's the tissue of the in between. And I'm passionate about that. What is it that joins the dots? And a very dear friend and mentor of mine, Paul Kay, who I'm going to interview for you in the future, he and I talk a lot about the tissue of the in between. And he sent me on a mission when I went on a Beautiful yoga retreat with Angela Farmer and her husband Victor to Greece to their beautiful home there. And I had the privilege of staying in an olive orchard, an olive grove, while we went almost daily to their house to, I want to say do yoga, but it wasn't like doing yoga. It was like being present. To presence itself. And Paul had, in a conversation with me, kind of commissioned me in a very loving way, find out from Angela how we penetrate the in-between. <laughs> what does that mean? I know. And it didn't form like a question in my mind to ask a teacher. In fact, I I revere Angela and Victor as really up there as the greatest teachers alive today. Their work is absolutely beautiful. And I hope to interview them too in the future for you. Um, what I wanted to say to you is I brought the question in my beingness. It was in my heart. It wasn't something I verbalized to either of them because it became very clear to me that there was a very powerful answer available as soon as I walked in the door in a room with some 30 other women and an atmosphere of grace and beauty and sanctuary. And each practice became a kind of a ritual. And it was that ritual time to create a sort of a ceremony out of what would otherwise be called our practice that allowed us the depth and the grace and the sweetness and the subtlety of presence, presence to ourselves. We had permission to spend time with ourselves. And so When I returned, I said to Paul, presence. And he said, presence, presence. Yes, we talk about presence all the time. Of course we do. However, what penetrates the in between is presence. Fascia is the tissue of the in between. And its nature, its form, its force transmission is a resonance field. It is a resonance field. Its, its role is to harness our resonance field as the collective, the one and the all of us. Each strand of fascia is engaged and all of the fascia of our form is engaged through its very structure, through its innate geometry, as a resonance field. And what some of us can't stand, I think, is that that also means it detects dissonance because everything has to be equally and oppositely or um, overall exist at either end of a spectrum or a continuum. And of course, fascia is the tissue of continuity. So that continuum from dissonance to resonance if we can somehow in an impersonal way be present to it just present without judgment without is it good or bad is it dissonant or resonant am i right or wrong <gasps> has that happened to me was that a terrible thing was that a good thing have i been traumatized or have am i ecstatic because all that stuff is mind chat all that stuff i'm not denigrating it i'm not saying it's not important I'm simply saying what we worked at in Greece with Angela and Victor, what we were given permission to find, and it's much easier to create that kind of ceremonial ritual of your practice when there's other people doing the same thing at the same time. It really is much easier. Was this holding of presence to whatever came up? And after a while, the judgments lift and the inner awareness becomes very clear. And it literally penetrates the in-between. And it's such a relief. It's a letting go. And I think... It's available to all of us, and particularly when we wake up and go to sleep. And they are subtle um phases in our sleep cycle. I believe the technical name is hypnopompic and hypnagogic phases of sleep, but that's just because I happen to know those two names, not because you need to know them. It is that exquisite phase as you drift into sleep and those few wonderful moments as we drift out that are so beautiful and they're timeless. Everything's okay. I remember my friend Shane saying to me, for somewhere between five and eight hours every night we are at peace, every single one of us humans being on the planet. Every one of us. And I thought, wow, what would it take to penetrate our connections with that level of peace when we're awake? We practice it for a third, nearly a third of every day. And it kind of makes sleep time into a ceremony, but that's another conversation. And what really prompted me to have this conversation with you today, I know it's not a conversation, strictly speaking, it's a monologue, but bear with me because I feel as if I am talking to you, is that my mum came to stay with me. And when she does come and stay, she loves sleeping downstairs on the couch because there's a, bathroom next to it and it's really easy and it doesn't involve the stairs not that she can't manage stairs but they're hard work for her and I sleep in the loft so I'm two floors away from her and the last time she came to stay she woke me up with a cup of tea my mum made me a cup of tea And that's something that I don't think she's done for decades. It just hasn't come up. For most of my adult life, I haven't stayed with my parents or with my mum since my father passed, and it just doesn't come up. But somebody brings her a cup of tea every day in the care home where she lives. And she came to stay with me and she woke me with a cup of tea. And she kissed my forehead and she said, good morning, darling. I've made you a cup of tea. I mean, how beautiful. And she left me to drink it and she just whispered, don't let it go cold. She made her way back downstairs. So she did it very patiently. And. I was just struck by how beautiful that little ritual was. In that she thought of me, she'd purposely gone through the whole process of making a cup of tea. And the loving with which she brought that cup of tea was just palpable. And it really moved me. And I realized that part of my love, and it's a deep love all my life of tea and coffee and chocolate, is a ritual related love. In that, you know, there is a many interpretations of the most beautiful tea ceremonies around the world. And there is a ritual of the most beautiful coffee ceremonies and ways of preparing it. And chocolate, well, oh my goodness, that's another whole story. And one of the beautiful things about it any of them, is that the love that goes into the preparation is somehow present in the gift of the finished piece. I could tell a thousand stories. You know, when when my son's father and I had the first Belgian chocolate factory in the UK. It was a ritual every day. I mean, we didn't stand and pray over the chocolate or anything like that. What we did was lovingly and through the inherited knowledge of his mother and his grandmother and his mother's brothers and his mother's father. I mean, we're talking... Since the beginning of the 19th century, it was just passed down through the generations. And somehow that wisdom made its way to these handmade chocolates. And when they went out into the world, there was something about them that carried that message. And my son, who's been actually been trained in some of the skills of the chocolatier, also has a he's a connoisseur of coffee oh my goodness and the same thing happens when he makes you a cup of coffee he'll ask you questions that you you didn't even know that you didn't know about what you like about coffee i mean it's unreal another whole conversation but and then you are handed a cup of coffee and it's the right cup for you it's the right type of coffee that you want whether it's a latte or a black coffee or whatever you know that coffee speak another whole thing but it's the love with which it's prepared and tea for me i mean oh my goodness I, I that's another whole thing but my mother made me that cup of tea and it was a gift and one of the reasons i think tea is so magical and coffee is so magical and chocolate is so magical and some of you will add various things to that list like wine and cheese and other things, but let's just stay with these three, is that they are examples of alchemy. They are examples of how one thing grows into another thing that is then transformed in three ways. One, the substance. To the energy that transforms it through the container. It's alchemy. It's alchemy at the highest, most obvious symbolic level. And in that alchemy, if there's love in the mix, you can tell. You can tell. And I realized if each one of us recognize the magic of alchemy when we make someone a cup of tea or we buy them a single chocolate or we make a truffle or we make them a cup of coffee or we make ourselves one. It doesn't have to be for somebody else. It's like this magical ritual blessing of time. I took time to make this for you. I gave you the gift of my time and I was thinking of you while I did it. And here's the result. And if it was received like that, like I received that cup of tea from my mom, and in that moment, I was like, I want you to stay forever. (laughs) And That's not the nature of this time on earth, is it? Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you. I wanted to share my gratitude to each of you for listening. And thank you for the messages that I get because they really move me and I read everyone, assuming I get them. And I just appreciate it so much. And I want to say thank you to my mom. Do you know, my mom says a prayer over me and my sister and my brother-in-law and my son and his dad and his family and all our pets and my dad, even though he's not with us on this plane. She says a prayer for all of us and she has done every single day of our lives that she's known us. Every day. She says a prayer. It's a very short prayer. She sometimes says to me, don't worry, darling, you're in my prayers. Every day. And every day, that blessing, when I remember it, lifts me. And if I watch the news or I receive a really negative email or something nasty is going on in the world, I think it's a bit of an English habit this, but some of you out there who don't live in the UK will absolutely recognize it. My first call is to make a cup of tea and I might even put a teaspoon of honey in it if I need to sweeten the situation. And when I do that, I think of my mom saying that prayer. And I think of the blessing. And the blessings that I receive every day. And sometimes it's weird. A friend of mine said it takes five yeses to cancel out the energy of one no or five positive things to cancel the energy of one negative thing. And in my experience, you can present to a hundred people, and if one of them says something that you did was wrong, you will only remember that one thing and that one person who said that one thing. It somehow isn't always cancelled out by the 99 other people in the combination of saying nothing or saying something beautiful and positive it's funny how we work isn't it and that tells me that somewhere behind it all we we're, we're all praying for some kind of perfection and maybe that is the perfection that we understand something because we know its opposite we get the blessing And it's resonance because we know dissonance. And that would make sense of of fascia. We understand its nature and its connectivity, sometimes through the pain when it gets disconnected by scar or injury or insult. Anyway, I don't want to make this about fascia. I want to make it about resonance, which is what fascia is about but I wanted to make it about tea. And I wanted to say that I'm going to make myself a cup of tea now, and I'm going to put a little bit of honey in it. And while I stir it, I'm going to think of each of you, and I'm going to send you a blessing. That's in the recipe of this podcast. And I'm going to make it a little tiny ceremony of gratitude to each and every one of you for listening. And just thinking about my mum blessing me and my family every day. Who do you bless? Is there someone you can bless? and know that I'm sending you blessings, just because we all can. And you can't say that no one does it for me, because now you can claim that they do, because they just did. I'm passing it on with much love and much kindness, sharing the tea and treasure, (laughs) and gratitude for everyone of my family and friends who have ever made me a cup of tea. Thank you. It's treasure, and so are you. God bless, stay close, stay safe, and have a great day.